Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 850, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 to 75. Let's read the passage. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl approached him and said, You are with Jesus the Galilean too. But he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another woman saw him and told those who were there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again he denied it with an oath. I don't know this man. After a little while, those standing there approached and said to Peter, You really are one of them, since even your accent gives you away. Then he started to curse and swear with an oath, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken before the rooster crows, You will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this Gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're in the segment now, the last night of Jesus' life. He had gathered with his disciples for the Passover meal. This was the Last Supper. There he predicted Judas's betrayal, and he instituted the Lord's Supper. Then they left, were on their way to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus predicted that they would all desert him, and specifically that Peter would deny him three times before dawn. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane for prayer. There Jesus cried out to the Father in anguish and said, Not my will, but your will be done. Then the mob was brought there by Judas, and they arrested Jesus. This was a group sent from the religious leaders. They took him to the high priest, and then we saw the encounter back in verses 63 and 64, where the high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said it, Jesus told him. But I tell you, in the future you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. This, they said, was blasphemy. Right there in front of them, they don't need to hear any witnesses. He deserves death. Now we shift gears and move outside. Remember, Peter had followed along behind, wanting to see what was going to happen. So we pick it up in verse 69. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl approached him and said, You were with Jesus the Galilean too. So Jesus is in the house of Caiaphas the high priest. And there's a quick impromptu meeting of the council there. And the courtyard, an uncovered outer area, but within the walls of the estate, all the, the working people are gathered there. Uh, many from the mob that arrested Jesus are probably hanging out there. Servants are hanging out there. There's a fire out there, people trying to stay warm. And Peter is near the fire. And we're told that a servant girl approached him. Now, the term used for servant girl is a diminutive term. So it, it implies a young servant girl implying that she's not an important person, she's not an imposing person, but she sees Peter 
and approaches him and says, you were with Jesus the Galilean too. Now, why would she think that? Is it because she was with the mob that arrested Jesus? Perhaps. Is it because she had seen Jesus in the temple court and saw Peter with him? Perhaps. But we're told later his accent gives him away. That's where we uh, often don't realize the incredible cultural difference between Galileans and Judeans. They live in separate areas that are separated by Samaria, and they have very different accents and a lot of different just cultural customs. So just think someplace in our experience where you would have extreme differences in accent. This is all occurring in New England, and Jesus and his followers are from the bayous of Louisiana. They stand out because of their accent. And that's something with the Galileans. They stand out because of their accent. And often the Judeans made fun of them in their accent, considered them uncultured. Now, we don't know if he said something and that was it, or if she had seen him earlier. But she says, you were with Jesus the Galilean. Points out that Jesus is a Galilean. He's not from around here. Verse 70, but he denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. So he, flat denial. Nope, I don't know him. Verse 71, when he had gone out to the gateway, so he's stepped away from the fire and retreated further away. So he's out near the gate to the estate now. Another woman saw him and told those who were there. This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. So, pointing out the idea that Jesus is a Nazarene. Nazareth is in Galilee. He's a Galilean. He's not from around here. They talk funny. First girl spoke directly to Peter. The second one calls him out in front of others. Look, this guy is one of them. Verse 72. And again he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. So, first time he just denied it and says, I don't know what you're talking about. Second time he denies it with an oath. Cross my heart and hope to die kind of thing. And doesn't just flat deny it, but I don't know the man. After a little while, Luke tells us about an hour, while those standing there approached and said to Peter, you really are one of them, since even your accent gives you away. Now it's a group approaching Peter. And they say, there's no denying you're from Galilee. You really are one of them. We can tell by the way you speak. Verse 74. Then he started to curse and to swear with an oath. I don't know the man. So the, the challenges have gotten a little increasingly scary. First it was a single girl talking to him. Then it's a, another woman talking to others. Now it's a group approaching him. And he started out by the fire, told in the other Gospels, moved out to the gate. He keeps moving further away, it seems. And first it's just a denial. Then it's a denial with an oath. Now it says he started to curse and swear with an oath. Now the word curse here, this, this is pretty much what it says. It's basically curse and swear. And the nuance of the word used for swear is swear with an oath. But the word for curse, uh, 
The word gets translated curse here in Matthew. It's the only place it's used in the New Testament. But the word that's used in Mark is anathematize. And to call an anathema is to call curses on someone. Some translations say he cursed himself. It would be like saying, if I'm not telling the truth, let God punish me ever so severely. However, it's not exactly what it says. It just says he cursed. And the word curse isn't just, say, swear words like we would use, but it means to call curses on, generally, somebody. And so is he calling curses on himself? That's the way some have translated. Or the possibility is he's calling curses on Jesus. I don't know him. Let him be cursed by God. Perhaps that is how bad it got. We don't know. It just, there's no direct object to the verb curse. But the verb is to curse somebody. It's not just to say bad words. It is to call curses on somebody. And it can be himself or even upon Jesus. But immediately, a rooster crowed. Verse 75. And Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So we saw increasing levels of severity of the challenges, increasing levels of intensity of the denials, until at the very end here, he's calling curses on himself or Jesus and swearing an oath that he does not know Jesus. He's scared. And he's got a crowd around him. There's a hostile crowd. These are the people who arrested Jesus. And Jesus has been saying, they're going to kill me. And so Peter's maybe at this point getting the idea they might kill Jesus. And I'm here in hostile territory. They might kill me too. And he's afraid. But then the rooster crows and he realizes he has failed Jesus. He promised to stay with Jesus even to the point of death. And he absolutely failed. Contrast between what happens with Peter outside, what happens with Jesus inside. Jesus is being challenged. Who are you? Jesus admits who I am. I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God, the Son of Man, and you will see me in my glory. Peter, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Interestingly, Peter is not mentioned again in Matthew's Gospel. Is this the end of Peter? No, he's in all the other Gospels. In fact, we see him in a big way in the other Gospels. After Jesus rises from the dead, Peter and John run to the tomb. The angels tell the women at the tomb, go tell Peter and the other disciples. And we'll see a very touching restoration of Peter along the shore of Galilee by Jesus in the Gospel of John. So anybody reading this gospel by the time this is written would know all about Peter. So it's not like that's the end of Peter, whatever happened to Peter, because Peter was the leader of the disciples. Until James became the leader of the Jerusalem church, Peter was the leader of the Christian movement. So anybody reading this gospel would know about Peter, but he doesn't figure into Matthew's plan anymore. It's, he included this to show Jesus' control of the situation, knowledge of the situation, foreknowledge of the situation. But now it's all about Jesus and what Jesus is going to do at the cross. 
Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.